For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 406 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Will, buddy, we do not have a ton to talk about this week. Well, um, that's all right. The thing we do have to talk about is really good. Yeah, that so, old, uh... so we both watched the Disney gallery making of the third season of Mandalorian. Stoked to talk about that. There's some good stuff in mm-hmm. there. Um, and yep. then... Um, we got an email from our buddy Sam. Just one email this week so far. Um, and then a uh, little fucking bullshit, buddy. New boot goof a little yep. bit, I guess. Hey, that's my favorite <laughs> thing. So listen, you guys, you know the deal. Go to blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your Blue Harvest hey, hey. You'll find all the relevant links to our social medias, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, threads. Ooh, threads. That's the new one. Look out. Maybe a Shiny. blue sky. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to be doing? Um, you also find a link to my Twitch, twitch.tv slash blue harvest pod. Um, and I would love it if you came and hung out. We do some fun stuff over there. Uh, Will shows up. Will hangs out. Steve, Jeff, Randy. Nick, sometimes lots of the crew coming to hang out on stream, so you should come by. Sometimes we even get like a a random. Uh, well, Sean Hoffman's been hanging out quite a bit, which has been awesome. But we might even get like a Josh Chapman or a Rick Villanueva every now and then. Sheesh, it's a good time. You should come hang out. Um, and of course, you'll find a link to our Patreon where you can support the show uh, if you enjoy what we do and want to help us keep it going. Uh, for as little as $3 a month, you get access to all our bonus podcasts. You get early access to every episode. It might only be a few hours early, you know, depending on when Will and I record. Um, but, you know, also if we ever have that thing where, like, those ads are getting automatically inserted to the uh, into the episodes, you guys will have those ad-free. Um, I just started. I want to talk to you a, bit, a little bit about this, Will, so remind me to bring it up. Um, okay. I just started a new show on Patreon where I'm re-watching Rebels 
in preparation of Ahsoka. Um, so I put the first episode of that up today where I go over the first two episodes, which really is the first episode. You know, like when that first aired, it was an hour episode and then they split it into two later mm-hmm. for reruns and shit. Um, and Steele and I recorded another Star Wars Year by podcast. We've been really hitting that one hard lately, so that'll be up in the next day or two. Um, Cooking with Will, which, by the way, William, uh, at least twice while I was visiting my family for the 4th, and once on stream the other day, my mom has been like, when's Will going to do a new Cooking with Will? And I'm like, hey, man, like, listen, he's a busy guy. He's got a lot going on. I'll pass the word along, all right? I'll just have to invite her to come over and hold my baby so that I can go oh lay down God. some cooking with Will. Do you know, like she'd say jackpot. She would that's the other <laughs> thing she said. Now I got to see you. When do I get to see Will? I was like, "Hey man, like I don't know. I don't know. You got to talk to him about that. Maybe maybe I need to schedule a day we come I meet my mom in Tupelo. We see you guys, maybe me and you go to those fun stores you guys got over there Mm -hmm. now. I'm in a real good mood on the drive home. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast for all those bonus shows. Thanks to all our patrons. You guys are the best. I really appreciate you guys. Um, Absolutely. So, buddy, I was mentioning it. I started. I've been wanting to do this, but, you know, there was the... Final Fantasy 16-hour stream I was trying to do, which failed spectacularly. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, cancer stuff I've been doing, and I was worried that I was going to lose my job for a little bit. There was a, a high probability of me getting laid off. I had a lot going on, and the whole time I was like, I want to start that Rebels rewatch, because I've not, I watched Rebels when it was airing, right? And I remember mm-hmm. re-watching the first season before the second season came out. But I've never done a full rewatch since that show finished. Um, and, you know, it's crazy when you think about it, right? Um, that show started in 2014, October of 2014. So at this point, the, the, we hadn't even had that first little teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. This was real, uh, like the first Disney Star Wars content we were getting besides some books and stuff. Right. Um, right. So like immediately watching that I'm transported back to that time of being like, so fucking jazz. This is before blue harvest. Even we hadn't even started yeah. the show. We started right. blue harvest after the first season of rebels. Um, and just being so excited for, the new movie and like this is a whole new era of star wars animation after the clone wars and i started it way too late because i think there's 75 total episodes and ahsoka starts august 23rd so that means i've got like a month and a half to watch 75 well now 73 oh right? dude you'll crush that oh no man i'm gonna try there's de- it's de- to do it and and finish it because I'm gonna do it like each episode on the Patreon is gonna be two episodes right I'm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna talk about two episodes. There's gonna be several of those released <laughs> like a, a per week for me to hit that. So I'm gonna do my best to get it all wrapped up, and then like 
while I was recording the first one, I started thinking like, it's like, I know, and, and I'm, I'm not immune to it either. I know how easy it is to, to focus on the negative, right? Like not in just Star Wars, not in just arts, in anything. Like the negative sticks out so much and it's like, it bums you out so much that it's easy to focus on that, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing that I don't know, like I, and, and you know, I know this isn't a across the board sentiment from pe- for people necessarily, but the level at which the some of the star wars stuff connects right like you know rebels for in a lot of ways is a a sequel to clone wars it continues or wraps up several storylines from rebel or from clone wars rather and it introduces thrawn back into canon and all that stuff and you manage to create a cast of characters that people love and then now storylines that were in rebels have spun off into live action you know all the dark saber stuff bo katan like the ahsoka show that's going to have hera and sabine in it and chopper and you have to imagine you know well we know ezra's in it but like you know maybe rex and whatever lots of opportunity right i i do think that's pretty cool because even back in the day like I liked Clone Wars a lot, you know. The mm-hmm. first season was a little rough in spots, and it's not like I left the Clone Wars movie when we went to see it, going like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" But I was like, "All right, okay, I get it." But it felt so disconnected, right? Because it introduced Ahsoka, who is not mentioned at all in Episode Three, right? Like, right? It's, it it is kind of. I don't know if it's the textbook uh, definition of retconning, but it's going back and adding this element, this whole relationship with a very major character that Anakin had in between two of the movies. And then she's just not in the third movie. And it definitely shoehorns it in there. Yeah. And it felt kind of disconnected. Like there's Mm -hmm. dozens, hundreds of moments in that show where it feels like it's a natural extension you know, of uh, of Star Wars that bridges the gap between episode two and three, but it always did feel kind of weird that like Ahsoka just wasn't around. But now we're in an area where shit that happens in the animated shows is affecting live action shows and movies and shit. That's cool, man. It, it feels like it's all, at least things you can watch, is all on pretty even playing ground as far as, you know, where these characters could show up and what stories get told in what formats. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I think it's like, because we get so much star Wars and there's so much fucking debating about, is this good? Is that bad? Which is fine. You know, I, I do it all the time. We do it all the time. Um, but it, it like, it's easy to forget that like, it's pretty fucking cool, man, that this is all connected like that. Um, so I'm interested to see um, how I feel about some of these Rebels episodes in retrospect. Now that we know where some of this leads, I think that's going to be kind of cool to watch yeah, it. I think so too. And go back to, I'm sure there are episodes I just don't remember. I remember the big shit, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of episodes. Um, right. 
So, speaking of things that got picked up in um, uh, live action from animated, we mm-hmm. we both watched the Disney Gallery making of Mandalorian season three today. That we did. It came out last week, but we didn't have a chance to watch it. I'm glad we saved it because we'd be talking about fuck all right now. Um, what'd you think of it? Do what now? I said, what'd you think of it? I thought that it was really good. Uh, I say this every time we watch one of these gallery things. Uh, it's really impressive, and it really warms my heart to see how excited the creative people behind this. Uh, mm-hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Fabiola, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. How exciting and how passionate. And even the actors, um, you know, Giancarlo Esposito and uh, – oh, Grief Carga. Why am I blanking on Carl his Weathers. Name? Carl Weathers. Thank you very much. Carl Weathers, so reverent of the process mm-hmm. and things that he can learn from these very talented people around him. makes you feel like Carl Weathers is probably a really good dude. Like you would want to hang out with that guy. Um. But all of it, just the behind-the-scenes look, the focus on practical effects. These yeah. guys really like effects and puppets. Uh, going back over the fact that Warner Herzog told them to trust the puppet, that they were a bunch of cowards, that they should trust the puppet. Uh, I love that. Just absolutely love that. Love their love some of this. Uh, there's a lot of meta explanation in this gallery, like a kind of explanation of some of the themes that have gone back into the very beginning. You know, and how they decided to wrap them up and weave them together. That's very cool. Very, um, I don't know, very, very neat to see, see that process. Yeah, it is cool, right? Like, and you know, it gives you some perspective on, you know, sort of the thought process. Like, I know it's easy to, to like if you're disappointed and there were things i was disappointed in in this season i still think the third season of mandalorian is probably my least favorite but i still like it and i still think parts were very good right it's just those first two seasons kind of hit a little different and you know not for nothing i bring it up all the time we're also talking up the the story that follows up book book of boba fett which i have well documented issues with um, a series in which there is a Mandalorian who does not have two episodes in his own show. Yep, yep, you got it, buddy. The um, original Mandalorian. But at the end of the day, watching this, like, when you see how the creatives behind it, and like you said, it's not just Filoni and Favreau, it's Rick Famuyiwa and Bryce Dallas Howard and the new directors that they brought on, sort of talking about their thought process and you know, the, the thought and care that did go into these episodes, like if anything, if I, even if I wasn't 100% stoked on every second of Mandalorian season three, I at least got to give them the props and the respect for, you know, it's clear that the people, they care greatly about this story they're telling. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I, gotta say and i mean listen this is going to be super obvious you know we do it all the time star wars fans do it all the time where we talk about ralph mccrory right and his 
his mm-hmm. immense contribution to Star Wars. Man, my dude Doug Chang's up there with Ralph at this point. Man, that mm-hmm. dude is awesome. Um, I feel like sometimes maybe there was a little bit of time where people were less likely to give him props because, you know, he sort of came on board for the prequels and the initial reaction to the prequels wasn't great. They've definitely, you know, uh, found their place in Star Wars fandom as time has gone on. Um, The fandom in general has mellowed on the prequels over time. Well, and it's, it's, you hear people talk about it all the time when the kids who grew up watching the prequels get old enough to fucking wade into the doo-doo feces water that is social media and express their love for the prequels and find other prequel fans. You know, that's how it Mm -hmm. goes, right? It's going to be that way with any franchise until the end of time, any, you know, super Mm -hmm. popular franchise. Um, but yeah, like, man, the, that dude is awesome. And like the fact that he's still hanging around working with Lucasfilm, I think is amazing. Cause he I talks, think so too. he talks in that uh, gallery episode about how he was designing Coruscant alongside George Lucas in 1995 and mm-hmm. how they basically designed the whole planet. And there was all these leftover designs that, you know, didn't get used in the movies and stuff. It's just fascinating to think about that. Nineteen? What? How yeah. old were you in 1995, Will? 95? Uh, 10? Or I was born in 85. Yeah, so I was 12. So I was most 9 for most of that year and then 10 at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, in 1995, the thought of new Star Wars movies just seemed like this thing that was never going to happen. Like, you might mm-hmm. read in a Wizard magazine or a Starlog or something. They'd be like, yeah, they're working on the prequels. You'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. George Lucas talking to Leonard Mal- uh, uh, Malton at the beginning mm-hmm. of those movies talking about, yeah, I'm going to tell the story about how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Well, like, get to it, George. But to think that in 1995 they were banging out design ideas for the prequels and shit. It was only well, four he was years getting- away. But he was getting the 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 George Martin treatment. And they're like, yeah, sure you are, George. Sure you're writing that last book. Sure you are. Sure you're gonna write that next trilogy. We believe you. And like, the fact that that was being worked on, and like I said, it was only four years away. But when you're ten or twelve, four years feels like forever away. It's literally, almost half your lifetime at that. Yeah, point. you're like, okay, so. When's this coming out? 1999. All right, future man. I guess I'll be riding in my flying car to go see the new Star Wars movie. Take my jetpack rocket boots uh-huh. to uh, uh-huh. see, see episode one. I bet you they got Luke Skywalker prosthetics. I'll be uh, bebopping down the street with my robot leg. I'll walk to the theater to see it. When I'm mm-hmm. 16, I'll be driving. I was not driving. Um yeah, man, I, I I just like that that guy's been there so long and that he's still knocking out killer ass designs and, you know, talking about taking established design stuff from the prequels and, you know, translating them over into the Mandalorian. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. Um, 
it seems legacy that now, there's a legacy there and then the feeling and I get it bro and today watching this you know how like sometimes people will ask you oh if you could make a Star Wars movie what would you make right or if you could do this mm -hmm. what would you do and like every time I think about that I'm like I don't know that I want that responsibility right um I saw the job I want working on Star Wars. I want to work in that art de department that gets to paint all the different Mandalorian armors all day, man. That's the mm. ticket with the airbrush and hanging out. And yeah, different that and Mando like armor. Yeah, making the guns like yeah. they were talking about, making mm -hmm. the prop guns and shit. Blasters all this one's about Mandalorian weapons. I was like, oh boy, sign me up. Sounds awesome, dude. And did you realize that the Mando had a new gun in this season? I did not. Me neither. I did not. But you know. After they said something, I, I can tell, but I yeah. didn't realize. And you know there's there's like costumers out there whipping that gun up on a 3D printer and shit right yeah. now. And meanwhile, I'm just like, he's got a new gun? Um, Yeah, I thought that was cool where they were showing him the different versions and, and the notes he gave for him. Um. The one thing I wanted to see that they didn't show, so they did talk a little bit. I don't know why they didn't interview him, but they, they talked about Phil Tippett, right? Helping with that yeah. cave sequence. I wanted yeah. to see some of the filming of that weird fucking creature that was down in the cave. The weird metal guy that then went into the yeah, tank he, creature and that. That's what I was going to say. I wonder <laughs> if he was created or inspired by Phil Tippett. Because that was horrifying, that fucking well, creature, whatever that was. It seems like he worked on that sequence. I don't know if it was inspired by as much as... But they didn't say. They didn't show any yeah, of that. No. I wanted to see how they did that. Yeah. Because they give you such a cool behind the scenes of how they do so much other stuff. Like, there's a... And how Phil Tippett was involved mm -hmm. you know, in the history of Star Wars. Yeah, but they didn't interview him at all maybe because some because sometimes phil tippett be getting a little wild in those interviews that's what i was saying maybe his grumpy old ass was like i don't want to fucking be on camera and they're like all right phil all right, all right man cool cool you got it boss why don't you just um, scrape some clay over there because they did an extended uh sequence about the puppeteers in this season which i thought was awesome um and talking about like the specifics of how they worked the puppet that was Grogu in the IG 11 suit. Right. Um, right. And I, like, I could watch, give me four episodes of those dudes talking about how they control little Grogu puppets and, and droids and shit on set. I love yes. that. Yes. 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 Um, and how, <laughs> uh, the one guy was talking about during the droid bar scene, how they would mm -hmm. typically be controlling two droids at once. And then as the camera panned, they would run down to the end of the line and start controlling two other ones that were mm -hmm. about to be in the shot. Like that's good old star Wars making right there, baby. That's sure I mean. is <laughs> um, made for a memorable scene too. It did. That droid bar is fucking sick in that episode. 
Um, the the one the episode that was shot by the guy that did like the Hitchcock the Coruscant scene the Coruscant uh-huh. episode, mm-hmm. and he said it was like Hitchcock that worked. It was interesting to hear him say that because once you realize that in retrospect, it's super obvious. Yeah, super obvious. Very suspense building. Great cinematography. Great thematic. Trying to bring it home. Like that was great. That was very well done. That episode. And I know there wasn't a whole lot of action, but it sticks with you. It was compelling. Like yeah, it, it was. Now, I mean, and it listen, was dark and betrayal at the end. Like it was. It, it leaves was, me with a lot of questions. What? Well, so what happened brain. to old Doctor Pershing after he got his yeah. brain turned into tapioca? Huh? Right. Or tapioca right. head ass, Doctor Pershing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't mind a, uh, an episode that sort of slows down and shows you, because like the Mandalorians adventure so far in the first two seasons very insular like he's he's you know protecting the kid and then it slowly starts to open up but the whole time like i'm wondering like what's going on with the fucking republic we're Mm -hmm. you know less than a decade or whatever out from return of the jedi like how are things and then the fact that they did a whole episode that sort of gives you at least a glimpse into that like i i think that is cool um that and the and Bryce Dallas Howard's episode with all the star-studded cameos and the kind of those two are really a slice of life in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's very immersive of the rest of the world, the galaxy, the the shape of the galaxy after the fall of the Empire. Um, just exactly what you were saying, pretty much. Like I love seeing that as well. Um, and they knew, like, once they were like, oh, shit, Jack Black's going to be in this this season. Well, we definitely got to get him on film in the making of because, you know, he's going to be acting up. And sure enough, there's footage of him being like, do you think Bombardier knows how to dance? Bomb is in his name, like, like going over his backstory and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's got a blaster. He's got a blaster and shit like that. I, you know. I'm a Jack Black guy. Singing the delighted. theme song. Yeah. With his the Jack crew. Black. Yeah. I was like, damn, he's. Jack Black is just Jack Black, I guess. You know? Yep. Um, It's uh, it's good to see that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love Jack Black. I feel like he's a very positive person. Yeah, man. That is one of those. That's one of those celebrities. If it if some real dark, crazy shit came out about him, I'd be like, "Fuck! There is no good in this world. <laughs> There's no hope for humanity." Nah, man, not at all. Wipe the map. I gotta say, like, if you haven't, or if any of our listeners haven't checked out, he like during the pandemic, he did a YouTube channel called Jablinski Games, that started off kind of as a gaming channel, but then just kind of turned mm-hmm. into Jack Black doing shit like there's an episode where tony hawk came by and helped him build a half pipe in his backyard for his kids and oh cool all kinds of other cool shit and it was uh it was a good time i wish he kept doing it but you know once the pandemic kind of chilled out i guess he had to get back to work Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i also thought like it, it wasn't a sentiment that we haven't heard expressed through interviews and stuff, but there's a, a section of this where Rick Fama, Yua, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau are all talking about how 
this season, the title, uh, you know, the show being The Mandalorian, sort of broadens where it's not just about Din Djarin anymore. And it becomes about, mm -hmm. you know, other characters, mainly Bo-Katan. <coughs> and I love how they they specifically mentioned, like, through the story process, you know, became apparent that Din Djarin wasn't going to become like this Aragorn-esque character, right? That that wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily his destiny. That was more Bo-Katan's destiny. And so hearing them talk about that process, I thought was kind of neat too. Um, Cause I, I like that because yeah. they didn't try to smash it together. They didn't try yeah. to, you know, make it fit for branding or some stupid shit like that. Right. Yeah. And like, well, not just that, like they didn't just be like, well, we don't care that the backstory or history with this character of Bo-Katan me means it would make more sense for her to become the eventual new leader of Mandalore. We got to figure out how to make this dude. And, and like, he's the star of the show. Right. And, and like, you know, they even go into, you know, sort of how they telegraph that with how hard it was for him to use the dark saber and things like that. And I think it's, she was the one that saw the mythosaur. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, uh, how, you know, cause there, you've, We've all seen it where in some story, maybe not even Star Wars, but whatever it may be, like they kind of have to jump through hoops to make an explanation for why this character is what they are instead of another character. Whatever, I'm rambling a little bit. But I do like that. And I like, you know, sort of the retrospective look they take at Bo-Katan as a character in this making of, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I, I, there was a lot in this that I thought was really interesting. And I'll be honest, I sat down to watch it today and I was like, yeah, this will be cool. But I came away with it. Like from it being like, no, that was really cool. Oh, mm -hmm. we got to talk. So they're, they're talking to Giancarlo Esposito, right? About Moth Gideon. And they show a couple of scenes of him, like, you know, working out lines on set and stuff. He's very intense, but not like in a mm -hmm. assholey way that you might hear about. Not Christian Bale on the set of The Terminator. No, kind of like in a productive, professional way. Yeah. And then they're interviewing him. And he was like, yeah, since the beginning, you know, taking this role, you kind of figure, oh, well, at some point, Moff Gideon's going to die. You just don't know when it's going to happen. And then he starts talking about the thing I love is that you don't actually see the gruesome end of Moth Gideon. So who knows? Maybe he will rise from the ashes again in the future. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, look at him. He's he's already vying. He's already saying like, hey, man, maybe he's not dead. That's some fancy ass armor I was wearing. He could I could come back. Yeah. That Mandalorian armor is good stuff. Um, Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny that he was already talking about like, maybe I'm not dead. Could be. <clears throat> um, do you think they're going to bring him back? John Carlos Pacino. You think they'll bring Moth Gideon back? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of hope they don't. I kind of hope. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be desperate. Maybe your next villain like tanks. So you go back to what worked. I hope they wouldn't do that. You know, well, but. I don't know that they have time to do that, right? Because there's a clear endpoint for all of this with that Dave Filoni movie. 
which is supposedly in like three years, right? So we've got mm -hmm. three years of Mando connected stories between now and that movie, which, you know, I don't think it necessarily has to wrap everything up, you know, like maybe there's seasons of some of these other shows after it, but that has to be at least an end point, right? Um, so I don't know that they got time. Like if they did some villain in the fourth season that didn't connect, like at that point, you're kind of in the realm of like, well, shit, we got to get these stories lined up in this movie. Um, but to me, like taking Moff Gideon off the board sort of clears the way for Thrawn because we know he's coming, right? Um, mm -hmm. Although like it might have been kind of neat to see Moff Gideon and Thrawn butt heads a little bit too. I could see how that would be kind of appealing. <clears throat> um, also, do you think they'd bring him back to Snoke him? Like, do you think they'd bring him back to let Thrawn just like insta kill him? Don't do that. Like, he shows up for one th scene, and Thrawn is just like, "Hey, I killed you." Nah, let's not yeah. do that. Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 you know, honestly, I think. Just because, like, you know, sometimes some characters got to stay dead eventually, you know? Like, I, mm. I think it's okay to just move on from Moff Gideon. He's great. The actor's great, but he's dead. You know, there's more shit we could focus on. They introduced a whole well, ass Shadow Council. We've, we've pushed the Dark Troopers about as far as we can go. Yeah, I don't Right, want and that was his I, thing. Yeah, I don't want any more Dark Troopers. I'm yeah. good on the Dark Troopers, bro. No more of those. I mean, and they were awesome. Don't get me wrong. But eh, they were we've, cool. We've we've done it. Yeah, that's it. I don't need any more evolutions of dark troopers, bunch of clones of Gideon with force powers and stuff. We're getting into some Luke territory there that I'm like, maybe we skirt mm -hmm. away from that. Mm -hmm. Bro, what if what if the Luke Skywalker we saw in um season two of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, what if that was Luke? Don't do this to me. What if that Don't was Luke? What if that was Luke and Luke, the real Luke, shows up in the movie or something, and Din Djarin's like, "Hey, man, I know I didn't get to thank you, you know, but you took care of Grogu for some indeterminate amount of time between a few months and a couple of years, whatever the fuck it is. Thanks for that, man. I appreciate that." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "You know, you came in, fucking cut up all those dark troopers with your lightsaber and." I handed him off to you, and he goes, I, I have no recollection of this. I've been on a spaceship making love to AI for the last five years. What are you talking about? And then, dun, 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 Thrawn shows up with Luke. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Oh, my goodness. This is, that's like, that's like 80 sci-fi. Yeah, I, it's not good. I never said it was a good idea. Let's not do that. My teeth feel gritty and I'm going to lie down. Like, I'm, I literally, I'm afraid to say if they do Luke in the Dave Filoni movie, the, the clone of Luke, that I'm out. Because every time I say something like that, they end up doing it. I was like, I don't think Vader and Obi-Wan should meet in between episode three and A New Hope. And then that's that whole ass mm -hmm. series. That's what happens. It's a whole series of it. It was pretty good. Um, so I'm Well, just, it didn't have Luke in it. Maybe it did. Maybe that little kid on Tatooine was Luke. Maybe that little kid, that was Luke. That was Luke. I can't believe how many times we've said Luke. And that was Luke and Uwen. Owen. That wasn't Owen Lars. That was Uwen. 
and uh, ooh 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 and yeah and baru ooh ooh <laughs> baru ooh baru ooh oh shit um yeah let's not do that that's a bad idea I'm I'm almost ashamed of myself for even throwing it out there hey. Who else could be Luke? That Luke that was in Battlefront 2, that was Luke. He's everywhere. He's a man about town, that clone of Luke. But he has all He's of regular everywhere. Luke's memories, which is weird. How did Luke That's get a hold terrifying. of Yoda's lightsaber? Was he just retracing the steps of regular ass Luke? If he has the memories, maybe he went to Dagobah and rummaged through Yoda's stuff. Ooh, he sacked to the place. There was some moldy ass root leaf root leaf stew still in the pot. Mm-hmm. Dome all covered in mud. Big old creature, big old Loch Ness monster head ass out in the swamp. Some old stale crackers for <laughs> yep. crumbling up in soup. Mm-hmm. Oyster crackers, stale as shit, mm. bro. Rock hard. Mm. <clears throat> Um, I'm trying to think of anything else from that making of documentary um, that stuck out to me. I'm kind of drawing a blank. I think I hit most of the stuff that was. Oh, no, we didn't talk about the Ahmed Best stuff. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool man. to see him back. Bro. And reunion with Bryce Howard. Yeah, where she yeah. was like. I haven't seen him since the Phantom Menace because I was 16 and hanging around the set of the Phantom Menace all the time. Um, also, there's a scene where like they're getting him suited up in his Jedi suit at first, and he's like, it's not really hit me yet, but it's starting to, and you can tell he's getting a little choked up. I was like, dang, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, and, you know, I was wondering if they would kind of address, like, well, where does it go from here? They didn't really. They kind of just said, well, just because it's the end of this adventure, there's always another adventure coming up. They gave you the the dusty trail, the walking off into the sunset. Like, Gunslinger can bring Priest to the town, but he don't stay in town. Right. He walks off into the sunset for another adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, interested to see what that is. I mean... There's some strikes going on that got to get wrapped up probably before they really even think about that. I know John Favreau said he already had this, like he was writing the fourth season around the time of celebration, but, you know, they got to get that wrapped up before it can go into production, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. Yeah, because I, I guess there's like, that's the Writers Guild, right? I think some of the other unions are also considering a strike, so... We might be seeing a lot of reality TV for the next few months. Nay, caramba. We got That's a couple, sad to hear. We got a couple of Star Wars things in the hopper, though. So maybe it'll all work out timing-wise. Because, like, Al Acolyte almost said it. Almost said it wrong. Acolyte is either done or almost done. Uh, they're, they're shooting a Cassia and or season two. There's Ahsoka, there's Skeleton Crew. Um, so maybe it'll all work out where it really won't see lo seem like there was like a gap. But if it goes on too long, there will be. It'll be a little yeah. while after. Pro what would be 
the furthest one of those out is probably Acolyte. There's going to be a little bit of a gap after Acolyte if they can't get these strikes taken care of. Come to terms. Give people what they need. Um, so, we have one email this week. I'm not even going to do the, the Kiadi Monday song for, you know, one email. Like, play a whole song and then be like, we got one email. Nah. Yeah. We'll just read the email and then I have an a, a, a extra bonus topic I want to talk to our buddy Will about. Uh-oh. Um, so, this is from our buddy Sam. He says, howdy, Halls and Will. Um, with another slow week in Star Wars news, I hope you guys still had a great week. Um, he wants to know our thoughts on Dial of Destiny. We're not going to be able to give those just yet, right? Once, mm-hmm. once we've both seen it, we will. He said, though, anyway, if Hasbro started making action figures of Star Wars content creators and they were going to make standard and de- deluxe releases of you both, what would you want to have your figures' accessories be? Halls, it would be great to have a fighting stick that became a fighting staff. Okay. And Will, you'd be great with dual wielding the chef knives, but I'd I'd love to hear what you guys would want. Keep up the great work, fellas, and I look forward to your content each week. Thanks for all you do, and have a nice week. Best wishes, Sam. Oh, man. Robot legs. That's what I want my one of my accessories. That's exactly what I was going to say. Your accessory is robot pants. Robot pants. You could take Haw's torso off and pop it on the robot pants. And I'm wearing like a screen screen printed T-shirt that just says Boba Fett simp on it. You know, that mm-hmm. would it, that's what I would say. It say Haw's Burkhart, and then you know, like sometimes on the figure it'll have like their role in parentheses. It'll say like J- Luke Skywalker in parentheses, Jedi Master, or or. Uh, uh, Darth Vader in parentheses, Dark Lord of the Synth. Mine would be be fucking Halls Burkhart, Boba Fett simp. Boba Fettish. Mm, nah, Boba Fett simp. You'd rather be a simp? Yeah. Rather be, I like, there's no rather. It's just true. He Bro, said, here I am. This they, me. They call me Big Simpin'. And it ain't just about <laughs> Boba. All right, that's what they call me around town. That's what Steve calls me. He call he called me on on the phone today. Ring, ring, ring. I answer. I say, "Oh, what's up, buddy?" He says, "What's up, big simp?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, heating up dinner, or whatever the hell." Um, what other accessories would I want? Damn, you know what? I would want to be decked out, looking like a Shadows of the Empire figure. Robot pants. Oh, that'd be cool. Put me in that red Coruscant guard getup that they had Luke in. They'd be like, damn, that's a good-looking figure. Face sculpt is a little fucked up. And I'd be like, actually, it's not. That's just exactly how I look. Mm. And they say, oof, oof, oof. It's embarrassing how bad those Poe Dameron figures turned out to be. Really? Not a single one that looked anything like that, dude. Oscar Isaac. Got it. Poor guy. You know, they just couldn't nail it. He was too too handsome to comprehend in plastic. <laughs> oh, too it, swarthy for okay, so poly, polymers. Robot pants, right? Robot pants mm-hmm. for sure. Screen printed t-shirt that says Boba Fett Simp. Um, I got a, a can of Diet Pepsi. Uh, Walter and uh, noise canceling headphones. That's my that's oh, my nice. 
There's my accessory loadout. Would you have a removable Boba Fett helmet? Nah, I'm I'm not worthy of that. Whatever. Nah. nah, man, leave that for the real Mandalorians. I'm just a simp, you know. I have like a a collection of Boba Fett autographs. That's my other. It's like an autograph book with just Boba Fett autographs. Very what would, nice. What would your figure be, buddy? Ooh, my figure. Uh, he would have a chef jacket. But it would have the awesome shoulder guards, the, oh, the like, Clone Wars armor sho- shoulder yeah, guards. Yeah, the Clone yeah. Wars armor shoulder guards. Battle chef. And he would have really pimp like boots, boots that come up to the knee, and but they're like you know metal, whatever, plastic. Um, Dura steel. Yeah, Dura steel. And I would have a hovering frying pan like you could it would like you could cook stuff but it would like hover in the air and i'd have like a lightsaber cheese knife or like a lightsaber chef knife vibro blade chef knives yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and i would have like a droid augment where like multiple arms would come out from my back and i could do like a bunch of of different things yeah whipping up up a five course meal in seconds flat Yep, and a Kowakian monkey lizard with a little chef hat on, like a little buddy. He's your sous chef. Yeah. Man, all right. I'd buy that figure. Maybe that little, whatever Aunt Beru was poking stuff in. Oh, that food processor? The one that went rum, 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 rum. Well, if he doesn't have those droids back by noon, there'll be hell hell to pay. Right, Owen. Damn. Cranky bad. And then a, um, a carton of blue milk. Nice. I'm buying that figure. That's I tell you right now, I'm buying that figure. One hundred. Yeah, would be fun. I'm buying that figure. Um, that's a good question. We got a little. You had a good answer. Little Walter with me. Little Lothcat mm-hmm. version of Walter. He's my exactly. buddy. He can sit on my shoulder. Um. All right, so we got we got a little bit of time. I don't want to cut the podcast too short, so. We like to talk about stars and wars in the stars, galaxies. We like to pull back the curtain on the fabric of reality like cheap tissue paper and stare into the realm beyond space and time, right? Me and Will. That's what we do. Me and Will have been on one. uh, Listen, I'm going to let you guys know. Will's always on one when it comes to aliens. And I don't mean like your snaggletooths or your weak ways. I mean like the truth is out there, aliens. Uh, it's something we have talked about since the moment I've known Will, right? Alien shit. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day when it was like fun to talk about conspiracies, Bigfoot, aliens, and shit like that. And it wasn't some <laughs> weird fucking Nazi <laughs> propaganda fucking conspiracy theories and shit. I'm like, man, I just want to talk about the Loch Ness Monster. You guys are Pizzagate? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Did a UFO pa- pa- crash into a pizza parlor? Oh, no, yeah, right. it's way worse. Um, so, you know, this this really goes... We talk about this shit for a long time, but recently... I would say maybe it was last year I was hanging out at my sister and Goose's house visiting the family, maybe on Thanksgiving last year. And my dad and I started talking about, you know, all the UFO or UAP shit that was in the news at the time, right? 
that mm-hmm. shit always it gets kicked up every few months, right? Right. Especially lately. <clears throat> and my dad goes, "You know what? I think they live in the water." He's like, "I don't think they come from outer space. I think they come from the water. I think they have bases down at the bottom of the sea and stuff." I was like, "You really think that?" And he was like, "I don't know that I he was like, but it makes sense to me. How many of these reports are talking about stuff going into or coming out of the water? I was like, right. You're right, Dad. That's, that's a good point. And then, good point. Could be. And then I tell that to Will, and he was like, yeah. And then we you know, start chatting. Cut to a couple of weeks ago, me and your old pal Will are hanging out in standstill traffic waiting to get into the parking lot for the Foo Fighters show. And we start chatting about aliens. And Will starts telling me, now, Will, please feel free to correct me if I get any of this <laughs> wrong. All right. Honestly. Yeah. Starts yeah. telling me, because like, there's like this whistleblower thing going on right now mm-hmm. about aliens. Once again, I kind of feel like that happens every little while, you know? Right. There's some guy who comes out and is like, hey, did you know I worked for the government and aliens are, are real and everybody gets all of and nothing really ever happens of it. Mm-hmm. And I was asking Will, like, what, what's the deal with all that? And he starts telling me, and he uses a term that I've never heard before, but I am endlessly fascinated with ever since. And that term is ultra-terrestrials. They're not extraterrestrials. They're mm-hmm. ultra-terrestrials. And he proceeds right. to tell me that they live in the water, right? And fill me in on ultra-terrestrials. You, you did a much better explanation. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, one of the things that the government has copped to is that there, there are in fact UFOs, you know, used to the government would say they don't exist. They don't exist. They're not real. Well, in like 2018, they released some footage and like, Oh, turns out they are real and we don't know what they are. Um, this whistleblower come forward and said, that's bullshit. We know what they are and we have downed craft that have been retrieved there are retrieval programs for and they keep using this term called non-human intelligence they won't say extraterrestrial they won't say alien they keep using this term called non-human intelligence that has been present on earth uh since before we came to be here and so that's where the term ultra terrestrial comes from. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it, it, to be terrestrial is be from the earth, but you ultra terrestrial, like you from here, here, you, you been here, here. So that's the, that's the ultra terrestrial. Yeah. Ex, like yeah, uh, we also got like, listen, Will and I are interested in this, but we're not interested to the point where we're strapping on the tinfoil hats. And yeah, like, we I like don't want anybody to think that else. I'm telling you that this is fact. Like exactly. I'm, I'm, I follow the information that's released just and take it with a grain of salt. Like, you have but I, I, I admittedly, I consume it all, mm. you know, I consume it all just, to, just to broaden the just depth of case. what could be, but you have to go in, assume you know, like you have to assume everything is a LARP. Right. You have to assume everything mm-hmm. and a LARP is a live action role play. Like you have to assume everything you read is something somebody wrote a creative writing process in their basement. Right. Right. And if you approach it like that, then like, you know, you don't quite feel so much like a fool when some of this stuff turns out to be faked or hoaxed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I that's what gives the more credible stuff the the interesting and compelling nature. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I like to read about it or talk to about it with Will because it's fun. Like, I yeah. don't take it super seriously. Like, it's fun yeah. to sort of, like, just think about, like, oh, what if that was true or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? Right. Um, but one thing that inevitably happens every time is it freaks me out. It freaks yeah. There's a, a certain point I get to where I'm like, okay, I'm freaked out now, right? Um, I spent my youth and teenage years kind of being freaked out by it. Um, and then I kind of got, I got over it. Like, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in clinical psychology. I use some of those tools to help me conquer some of that fear and, uh, exposure is kind of one of the aspects of that. And that's kind of why I guess I'm so well read on the topic and so interested in the topic is that, uh, to be exposed to the thing that terrified <laughs> young helps me have power over it. But, uh, the fact that it may potentially not be bullshit uh, is is what is the interesting part? Like maybe I was terrified for a good reason as a child that lived, you know, twenty miles out in the woods where right and like, there was no one around. I um, you I, when I was a kid, like it's well documented. Like my parents let me watch horror movies and shit, and that mm -hmm. never like I'd occasionally have like I never had a f I maybe had one. Freddy Krueger related nightmare. I had several mm. Jason Voorhees ones. I used to have a reoccurring dream where Jason Voorhees lived in the woods behind my house when I was a kid. Right. Um, but what really freaked me out when I was a kid and got me interested in this kind of shit was a show that used to come on sci-fi called Sightings. Sightings. Yep. And like, sure enough, I'd be watching an episode about alien abduction or demonic possession or ghosts yeah. or whatever the fuck, werewolves. Yeah. I'd be go getting in bed and going like, I'm fucking freaked out, bro. <laughs> Boy. Okay, so fuck me, can't sleep now. Like, mm -hmm. Did this to myself, sitting in the back room at grandma and grandpa's house watching sci-fi channel, making sure nobody was coming around because I probably was too young to be watching that shit. Right, right. Um. <laughs> and so I will tell you, Will no, and go I ahead. first started hanging out, we both kind of shared with each other that the concept of grays and the design of grays freaked us out. Yeah, bit, it's know? that specifically. I, I I will tell you, you know, because again, I I'm well read on the topic, and I I the sight of just your standard gray is not really that off putting, but there's something about the picture on the cover. Of the book Communion uh -uh. by Willie Stryver. Fuck that book, bro. That image Freaky. makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up for some uncanny reason. And that is compelling to me. Like, I recognize. I have no memories of abduction dreams or I have, uh, you know, I have none of that. You know, none of this stuff that, that people claim, you know, so fucking traumatically, you know, happened to them. Like, I'm kind of grateful that I've never had an experience like that. But, um seeing the cover to that book unnerves something primal in my brain somewhere yeah. to the point where I, I kind of want to cover it up or move past it just, just to not, not look at looking it. Yeah. at it anymore. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just being a child of the nineties. Maybe there's something specific about that painting mm -hmm. that it's just strikes the right chords of the uncanny Valley to unsettle you. Um, it is very possible that that's all it is, uh, um, but very compelling. Very. So Will gives me this information, and we're talking. And I'm starting to get a little freaked out. 
you know, and then like stuff comes up. We're trying to find parking and shit. So a few days go by. My dad calls me just to check in on me. They had just gotten back from vacation. And while I'm talking to him, I tell him exactly what you told me. And my dad, who I thought might like this might, you know, ignite his mind grapes and, and get him talking about aliens and stuff and goes, he just goes, huh? Well, I always thought that could be possible. And just like <laughs> went along with his day. Right, For your dad. dad, it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Um, then this morning, out of nowhere, I woke up. You, you ever have this thing where like you go to bed? I went to bed super late last night, like almost five in the morning. I'm having this, having some sleep issues and shit and was just kind of trying to stay up until I felt like I was tired enough to go to sleep. So mm -hmm. I go to bed and like three hours later, 830 in the morning, before my alarm was set, because, um, you know, today was my day off and stuff. I just full ass wake up. You know, you ever have that happen where like, you just wake up. You're like, oh, shit, I'm awake. And like you don't wake up groggy or there's no winding into yeah, it. You just yeah. instantly wide eyed like you just had a cup of coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this sucks. I Because I felt tired. I was like, I am tired. Yeah. And you're laying in bed and you're thinking, fuck, I wish I was tired enough to go back to sleep so much for sleeping in. So like I dick around in bed and I'm looking on my phone and I'm like, you know what? I'll get up and I'll take Luna out. Maybe I'll have some breakfast take a shower and then see if like maybe I can lay down for another couple of hours. Right. And while I'm outside with Luna, I'm dicking around on my phone and I open my Reddit app. Mm -hmm. And one of the very first things that comes across my Reddit app is this post in r slash aliens, which by the way, I don't follow. I read like it gets, you know, our post or threads get recommended to me and I'll check them out, but I don't follow it. And it's this dude talking about how he is, uh, what is this guy supposedly? I think he was a molecular biologist. Molecular biologist who worked on alien remains for years, essentially, mm -hmm. is what this guy claims. And this mm -hmm. dude goes into great detail about the Inc physiology yeah. of Minute medical detail, including, yes. including genetics. Yeah. Like like detailed anatomical biological genetic information and it's like way deeper than you would like you would put effort it. into really well like, well or it's the kind of effort you put in there knowing like oh if i nail this it's going to make a splash on the internet right Right, like right that's internet posting 101 if you're trying if someone's trying to get something over on someone you yeah over detail it you see it a lot in fake leaks about movies and shit where there's way too much detail Interesting. about the, the plot or something like you know shit well it like runs that. a danger for this kind of thing it runs a danger because if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about right it becomes really easy for those details to give away that you're full exactly. of shit so I read through all this. I'm like, oh, it's talking about how they have like a protective film that covers their skin. That's what you really see and that it closes, that it covers their eyes. And if you remove that film, they've, they've got eyes that are very similar to ours. They're just giant and they uh -huh. don't, they don't have like a butthole. They poo poo out of their pores out of the and, skin, and, yeah. and, and their skin smells real bad because they poo poo and pee pee out of their 
their pores. And I'm just reading this going like, damn, this is detailed. And mm -hmm. then I start reading the comments like under it. And there's people being like, listen, I obviously this could very well be fake. We should all take this with a grain of salt. But this guy knows his his uh, his shit, like regardless of if it's real or not, this person knows biology. Right. And has worked in the this bio lab that you claimed you worked in. Right. Yeah, like would know would know these kind of things. Right. That's the point where I start getting a little freaked out. I'm like, okay, the co the the post itself was just fascinating. It kind of read like fan fiction, really detailed fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and I go, well, I know who's gonna like this. My pal Will, boom, yeah. copy the link, send it to Will. Within seconds, he and of course. He he goes, oh dude, I read this this morning. Read that this morning and was debating whether I should send it to you or not. I was like, God, I thought I was gonna break some fucking. Thought you gonna scoop me? <laughs> not even scoop you. I just thought you would be like, holy shit, this is yeah, crazy. Blah, absolutely. Blah, blah. And, and like that was your response, but man. Well, what I find so interesting about the time of all this, like there was also a four chan whistleblower, and I know those things are contradictive. Like again, it's four chan. It's yeah. the the toilet of the internet. Yeah. Um, but also there was there was some 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 compelling stuff in that one as well. Um, but so we had the four chan <laughs> leak. We had David Grush, the the legit U.S. military intelligence whistleblower, uh, and now we have this little juicy morsel on the internet. Again, could be shit. Could totally be shit. But like I I, I mentioned it to you earlier, like I wondered because there was recently legislation passed for whistleblower protection concerning this topic. So I wondered, once someone came forward, if it would start to loosen lips on some of these other people that are involved in some of these programs um, that maybe necessarily don't want to come forward to be official whistleblowers, but try to get information out with a cloak of anonymity through the Internet. Right. Um, again, you, you know, you can't believe everything you read, but you want I won't deny the possibility that there's some truth in some of that in some shit that I've read. I don't know what is the truth, but I guarantee you I've come across some truth. You know what it makes me wonder is like okay, let's say in our lifetime they just come out and say like okay, yeah, it's real. Like there's there's life either on this planet or from outside of this planet that is not human in origin whether they're aliens, ultra-terrestrials, whatever it may be, right? right? Like, at that point, when um, if that were to happen, what do you think your reaction to that is? Because I kind of wonder if I go like, oh, damn, well, go figure. I can't imagine that. I can't, I imagine... <laughs> If you want my honest opinion, I think I have a full-blown panic attack at first. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there are plenty of people that will, you know. Um, there are people that will have a crisis of faith. There are people that won't be able to get up and go to work. But there will be other people who I feel like myself, like, you know, the bills will still be due and you got to go to work tomorrow. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. No, you know. Nobody is currently being picked up from their house en masse. Like, you know, if these things are happening to people, it's not like people are disappearing all the time and seem, for the most part, people seem to come back generally unharmed for the most part, maybe not psychologically, but, you know, physically. Um, so 
I, I, I'm, you know, there's doesn't seem to be much I can personally do. Right. You know, and I know that sounds fucked up, but like, I don't know. I, I, I would approach it as why worry about what you have no control over? Oh, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, of course, that is a fucking wonderful way to live your <laughs> life. But in in fucking uh, execution, it's easy to say that. Right. right? right. I, I, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be I won't be surprised. When the day comes that the news is that they're here, you know, have been here all along. Like that won't surprise me. Oh, all right. I'm telling you, you're going to have to talk me off of a figurative ledge at that point. I'm going to be like, bro. Okay, now let's say, all right, all right, we'll, we'll end this episode with a little bit of a hypothetical, all right? Okay. They come out and they say, hey, listen, we, we kept this from you guys for a ver- variety of reasons, like... You know, they were, they seemed fairly harmless, like, you know, but we didn't want to freak everybody out because we didn't know what this, the existence of these beings implied for, Mm -hmm. you know, the course of human history, like society, what's going to be the overall reaction if we reveal this, like we were nervous. Right. But the time has come where we, we can't keep it from you guys anymore. Because we have it on good authority that uh, there's more coming and they're not friendly. Ooh. Okay? This is the news right. that breaks. Do you, right. do you sign up to be part of the alien resistance? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. me too. I, one, I'm like, fuck yeah, buddy. I'm ready to fight some... E- I've, yeah. Do you know how much Star Wars and Starship <laughs> Troopers and... Other things that have star in them, I'm ready, bro. Call me ID four, all right? This is this is your calling. This is my calling. Just that Foo Fighter song, "There Goes My Hero," starts playing. Now, what role am I gonna play in the alien resistance? I don't know, man. I guess I'll probably have to be cooking up MREs in the mess hall, right? I don't have mm-hmm. a. T- they don't make a tactical wheelchair with attachments. Although maybe once we once once is thinking a little positively, if we beat them, you know, maybe I get some alien technology. It gets me them robot legs. Finally, you know, hey, maybe get you a set of new legs. Ooh, alien legs all spindly Mm -hmm. and shit with like three toes and shit. Yep. Sounds like lunch meat hitting the pavement when I walk around with my shoes off and shit from what i remember it's kind of like ninja turtle toes it's two digits fused together yep just you know what from one weird foot to another there we go smooth smooth transition smooth transition but yeah i'm signing up i'll fight the aliens if they're bad but i want to know for sure that they're bad right yeah yeah i I ain't looking to get I don't trust a lot. Yeah, I don't I'm not looking to get hornswoggled into thinking that like, you know, they got, you know, I need to make sure they're bad. I ain't showing up and they're like, "Dude, what's what? Why are you so mad?" And I'm like, "Give me robot um, legs." <laughs> I I don't I'll tell you what I believe. Um I don't believe the U.S. government wants to cop to this. If it, he, the situation they're in is 
they've either been hiding this because there's some sort of truth that's really bad that they think is going to really fuck people up or they or they're hiding it because they have given the technology to private corporations so that they can advance militarily while the rest of humankind suffers when these technologies could have kind of advanced us and helped us they don't want to be responsible for that um copping to lying for 80 years it's like you know who who tells your wife you've been oh all of a sudden i had this stroke of honesty and i've been cheating on you for like 80 years and i just really want to get that off my chest um, you don't know who to trust. Maybe, maybe we can you know, do a different analogy, bro. Can we, can we work I, on a different analogy? Shit. I'm just saying, they are not going to want to admit that they lied about this shit. If they did, if they covered this up, which it kind of seems like they may have. Um, if it's but recent, I, Will. We got to be like, I, if it's... Cause there's right. a lot of ifs if this with is here, real, Because, listen, my feeling right. on it is this is not a whole lot different than the same shit that was going on on sightings. You know what I mean? Back in the day. To me, it's still very, you know, sort of by the books. It gets a little weirder, right? Like, there's some jargon being thrown around, but, like, what about that whole, that old boy that called in Art Bell back in the day? Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like, there's yeah. plenty of stuff yeah. out there that it could just, it, it might all, I don't know for sure. I legitimately think there is life outside of earth i just think yeah. statistically it's almost impossible now whether that life has made its way here or are even aware of us or anything like that i don't know i don't know about that right but yeah if it is and they're hiding it for some fucked up reason that gives me anxiety because what is that reason? Yeah, that's you know? the that's the truth. That's the re- that's the whole X Files question. Mm-hmm. The truth is out there. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm a little freaked out now. So we're going in the show. <laughs> um, so let's, sleep tight, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Just don't uh, let your sleep paralysis demons oh bite. Oh my god. You know, I honestly do think a lot of. Um, abduction stuff it is probably sleep paralysis related yeah you know when i went through my psycho my psychology training um i learned that it's a it's a common um it's a common trope amongst people that experience sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah when when you really get into and by the way the one of the scariest documentaries i ever saw is that fucking sleep paralysis documentary on netflix when you really start mm-hmm. like reading up on it or learning about it, like a lot of that does make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah. So, anyways, guys, uh, sleep tight. Uh, don't get probed, <laughs> and uh, if the aliens show up, you, you guys remember this episode where I was talking all big and bad, and then you know, a hundred episodes from now, we're like, I can't believe it. They announced aliens. They're coming. They're not friendly. And Will's like, Yeah, I went to my first fucking training session for you know the alien resistance core psychic combat didn't see you there halls and i'm like oh yeah fuck that i'm not doing that Mm -mm." (laughs) i said i would be underground i meant literally under the ground in a bunker no in a coffin because i freaked out so bad when they announced it um listen uh leave us a review please please that would be cool 
you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. Uh, they're Stone Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Check out me and Steve on the High Potion podcast. We do that every week. It's about video games. Got to put out our 110th episode. Moving right along. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Now, listen. If the last 20 minutes of this episode didn't do it for you, then pray to God they don't drop that shit <laughs> next week and they put out some Star Wars news because I don't know what else we're going to do. But anyway, until then, this has been Blue Harvest. And I'm Halls Burkhardt. And I'm Will Wooden. Sleep tight. <laughs> don't let the bed bugs bite. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>